1: 65 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast.
2: What's going on Packers fans? Welcome into another Saturday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am your host Matt Fralick. Alongside me is Eli Berkovitz. He is boots on the ground in Chicago driving around, snooping around, (laughs) figuring out if uh, at this point if the Bears got fleeced in their incredible blockbuster trade, trading the first round pick to the Carolina Panthers late on Friday afternoon. We will get to that and more on this episode of Pack-A-Day podcast. Uh, Janelle Mackey cannot be with us. She is celebrating uh, Friday with a Friday fish fry at most prestigious Friday fish fry establishment, I believe in Minnesota. So kudos to her. We appreciate that. Oh, yeah. But, um, uh, you know, Eli, very spicy Saturday Pack-A-Day podcast episode. Normally we don't get oh, yeah. these. And Janelle goes and gets her fish, which we all <laughs> appreciate. And then we get served an absolute just four filet, cod, Uh, We got a couple perch maybe on our plate, Sam, and we got a whole spread here on today's episode. I'm pretty stoked to get into it, and you're 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 battling through the elements as you're driving through the the heart of Chicago. Got to do it. Look, there's no time for excuses, only results. No results. I mean, no excuses.
3: All results.
2: (laughs) So, first of all, we're going to get into the Bears trade, of course, because that does impact the state of the NFC North um, and the NFC as as a whole, obviously. First and foremost, though, we want to get to a couple items. One, David Bakhtiari at about two, looks about two o'clock Central Standard Time on Friday from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Reported that the Packers converted David Bakhtiari's nine point five million dollar roster bonus, um, plus his five point five million of his base salary this year into a roster, into a signing bonus to significantly reduce his cap. Um, another restructure for them. They've obviously already restructured Jones. Um, But like it's just it's awesome to see that they're you know one I think this is a kind of a chess move by the Packers you know prioritizing restructuring David Bakhtiari keep getting them under the cap more also Mm -hmm. in conjunction he's a great friend of Aaron Rodgers maybe that'll help obviously this episode we will be talking about the Aaron Rodgers situation and then the Mark Murphy quotes uh, at the end of the episode but David Bakhtiari restructured another good deal Russ Ball making moves um. I think this was pretty much a foregone conclusion. It was just a matter of a timing when this was probably going to happen. Eli, we more than likely expected David to be back based off of where they're kind of at with their tackles in general.
3: Coming Obviously, going into last season, we weren't sure because of the knee and all that and the big cap hit, but he had another great season. Yes, he did miss some time. The appendectomy, but that's a total fluke thing. The knee, for the most part, it was not, it was not an issue. Yeah, the, earlier in the year, there were some rotations, but we saw clearly... How elite he was at the end of the season, and the only time I maybe was thinking he wouldn't be is because the last few weeks people have been deciding to just throw him into hypothetical trades with Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. But I never really wanted to see that. Of course, if Rodgers is back, we all know Bakhtiari has to be back. But even if he's not, okay, so you have a Jordan Love first-year starter. What's better than giving him one of the most elite tackles in the NFL? So getting rid of him just for me would not have made sense. He's still, it's not like he's that old. And again, I think he's past the knee injury. So I'm really happy they did it. And again, Russ Ball just making all the moves he has to make every off season. And it's, it's great to see.
2: This man gets, I mean, Russ Ball gets paid. I mean, I've I've really become, I think, more just clued into that, how the Packers have been probably since maybe the end of the Thompson era, but definitely in the Brian Gutekunst era where it's like they actually are going out and getting you know, top quality talent in the draft, also in free agency. And it's like you're coming to a point where you're acquiring so many great pieces that, yes, you know, you you have to break a little bit Z'Darrius Smith, uh, Devontae Adams, but you're still able to restructure some of these where it's like you're almost falling into that category of like many, many years ago when the Chiefs started doing it, the Saints two Rams, where it's like how are you getting under the cap? It makes no sense. Yeah. And somehow pulling the strings. It's like you have to be really, really pleased to see that a Packers organization organizations willing to do that really, really crunch the numbers and make it happen because I feel like over over time I've kind of kind of became a little callous to the fact like eh, they're not going to prioritize this talent. They're going to let them walk. They're going to, you know, screw it up somehow in the negotiating table and it's just going to fall apart. So you gotta respect that, especially keeping a solid left tackle who, like you mentioned, once he came back fully from injury, was really freaking solid down the stretch for the Packers on that left side.
3: Yeah. Uh just a great move.
2: No doubt. Uh, Next item to get to, and I think this is a little bit of a caveat and probably, you know, tying a bow on the uh, Joe Barry situation. I think, you know, a lot of fans, at least after the season, maybe the last two months have been waiting for Joe Barry to um, be released, be fired, whatever you want to call it. Matt LaFleur obviously had a lot of confidence in his coaching staff after the season. Notably, saying, you know, he thinks the coaching staff's pretty much in place, not a lot of changes. We've seen Jerry Gray move on um, into his new destination. And Matt LaFleur did announce some hires, uh, more promotions, I guess, if you will, but some hires along the way um, around two o'clock uh, from Rob Demosky. This comes out on Friday, almost coinciding with the David Bocciari news, but some promotions within the coaching staff, most notably, Ritz Basaccia is, uh, promoted to the assistant head coach. I think from my stance, just, you know, rich Pisaccia's pedigree, him being a coach the previous year for interim coach for the Raiders, him getting some looks across the league, uh, you know, from the Colts, et cetera, this year, I think it just kind of makes sense that he would get promoted that way. Um, I always looked at him as being probably the assistant coach at some point, um, through last year, just with his pedigree, how long he's been in the organization, everything that the Raiders have said about him, all their different players of just how great he is. And I think this is more formality at this point, but also probably maybe a little bit of a, uh, you know, a checkers move from his part, going out, getting some feelers out there with the head coaching market was coming back to the Packers and said, Hey, I can get X amount from this team that I really don't want to be a part of, you know, tongue in cheek. But if you pay me a little bit, Maybe give, give me a little you know, notoriety. Maybe it doesn't come with more pay, but just a little, another uh, a title under my name in my um, email signature. I'll appreciate that a lot. So they get him as the assistant head coach, still as a special teams coordinator, confirmed that. Also promoted Ryan Down Downard to the defensive backs coach, Jason Vobrovsky to the pass rush specialist, and they hired four more. A couple of these we already knew about. Greg Williams um, brought in as the passing game coordinator, Tim Leviser a senior analyst, Rob Grosser as an offensive quality control coach, and Kyle Wilbur, who actually I remember earlier in the week, used to be on the special teams unit, I want to say for the Cowboys at one point, played for Rich Versace down there as a special teams quality control coach. Remember a couple weeks ago, I think we talked about this on um, Saturday episode, where they had lost a couple special teams um, control coaches. You know, that's a small coaching staff, small, small um, locker room there. So bringing another guy, kind of facilitating Eli, I'd be lying if I knew any of those guys' names besides, I guess, Greg Williams, Wilbur, just because the fact that he used to play with Basaccia, and that was mentioned this week, and of course, Basachia. But looks like, honestly, at this point, I think just the main thing is, like I preface with this this topic, is it just seems like if there was a move to be made at this point with Joe Barry or any other drastic moves made from the offensive side of the ball, Other defensive sides, maybe a special team. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It seems like this coaching staff is now solidified based off of the announcement from Matt LaFleur and
3: 1265 today. I basically gave up any hope that there would be any change, obviously most notably on the defensive side of the ball. Right after this, when LaFleur said he doesn't expect there to be change, uh, I took him for his word mostly because I just don't think he would have came out that strongly about it if he actually thought he was going to fire someone. He didn't. Uh, I didn't expect him to. I'm slightly disappointed, but I'm also not surprised. And I'm just hoping that maybe the defense we saw during that four-game win streak is is what they can be long-term. Obviously, that's that, that's a pretty big hope. But but yeah, I, I was not expecting any drastic changes. I am happy uh, for Rich Passaccia. I think he definitely deserves it great coach. He was like a great guy. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't know, like on, they're on game day, like what an assistant coach is doing more than maybe what he already was. But you know, like you said, the title, and I, I'm sure, you know, he'll, he'll be running probably some stuff that isn't so special teams oriented going forward, which I love because I think he's a great leader. So, good move. Yeah, no doubt. And I think if... Joe Barry was
2: had been let go. It would have happened already two months past their essentially their last game. It it would be crazy for it to happen now. We're almost getting into the free agency period, which will happen on the fifteenth. More to that to come in this episode. Probably getting ready to just start, you know, getting some assets there, and it would be really really stupid all of a sudden get a new DC, and then you're trying to figure out what scheme you're running with, what personnel yeah. you're going to have. You're losing some guys. You're bringing some guys in the draft. It, it just would be a, a cluster. Um, So at this point seems like Joe Barry's still locked in for 2023 and like you mentioned with Basachia I'm sure his role um his I guess his mantra if you will his personality on the sidelines won't change uh based off of a promotion like this but I think maybe he will be a little bit more intricate in some of the ongoing's with the Packers and maybe have some pull with some different things I don't know what those are um but I think it's just having another guy with like a, a you know an OG mentality in the football um yeah. team is- great especially with like kind of a overall younger coaching staff for this team outside of maybe Tom Clements and a couple of the tenure coaches on to the next topic I already mentioned teased NFC North Bears trade out of the first round pick first overall pick is traded to the Carolina Panthers Panthers have been looking to make a trade probably for a while it seems like the last couple years you know obviously they unloaded McCaffrey last year they were in the conversation for Deshaun Watson, probably even rumored to be a part of Lamar Jackson. I'm sure there's other ones that I'm missing out on that they've been in um, some you know, transactions with. Stephon Gilmore, I think, was on there at one point, wasn't he? And got traded. It's just yeah. like they they've been moving picks for years and years and years, trying to figure out the next step for this franchise. Looks like this is their splash. Um, so they end up let's let's break this down. So the Bears trade their first round pick for this year to the Carolina Panthers. In return, they exchange the number 9 pick and then they also send over 61, which is, you know, just just inside the second round, a first-rounder for next year, a second-round pick for 2025. And then they send over DJ Moore, which DJ Moore, I feel like, has been in so many different scenarios of Packers fans wanting him to get traded for. He's kind of that piece that's dangled out well before it was Christian McCaffrey. It was always that DJ Moore just kind of dangling out there by Carolina in their front office. He comes to the NFC North, which he can now have, you know, a quarterback that he can find a little bit more comf- you know be a little bit comfortable with but ultimately on the reverse Justin Fields finds probably his number 1 weapon and maybe his most dynamic reliable offensive weapon um you know when we kind of talked about this in the intro Eli off off recording off the 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 red uh the red light you had mentioned you thought the compensation here was a little light uh, feel free to elaborate on
3: that yeah, uh, look, it's obviously it is still a solid package. You're getting a, a proven good wide receiver today, not someone you're going to draft and develop already, you know, developed, and and another first round pick in a couple seconds. But the way I, I it's it's really two, it's a two prong situation for me. Number one, I do think they could have just got more in terms of picks, but also I think I thought they could have traded back. They could have traded back to the second overall pick and still got a pretty nice haul, and had the second overall player in the draft. They could have moved back to four. Six was also being talked about. Now they're all the way back at nine. So for me, the way I look at it, yeah, they got nine. But for the future, all they gained was one first-round pick. So if they want to tra- trade back up from nine to go and, let's say, get Will Anderson or get the top you know, tackle in this draft, they're going to have to more than likely give up that first-round pick they just tra- they just traded for to go up and get him. And then all of a sudden – you're basically walking out of the draft with two second rounders, DJ Moore and whoever you end up selecting, which again, the way I was looking at it was I didn't expect them to trade for a a current player. So it does change things, but I was nervous. They were going to get a top five to six, five or six pick in this year's draft plus another, at least two first round picks. I mean, with the way trades have been happening in the NFL, people throwing around picks like nothing and this draft being this draft and people clearly wanting to move up to the top spot. I thought the bears could have set themselves up in so many ways where they could have just been set up with, with multiple first round picks for two, maybe even three years ahead. Because again, I know this is a little wild, but it was talked about. They could have traded back to two and then traded to four, or they could have traded to four and then back to eight. Like if Ryan poles wanted to get nuts with this, he could have, Really walked out with so many picks. I thought this this first round pick, this old, first overall pick, is one of the most valuable we've seen in a while. And I'm sorry, DJ Moore, a couple seconds and a first. It's for me, I'll, I'll take it as a Packer fan. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. So as the kids say
2: uh, Ryan Poles did not secure the bag, huh? It doesn't sound like to you. He, didn't, <laughs> he fumbled he didn't the bag it? in my.
3: I, in my opinion, he fumbled the bag. I thought he could have. He could have really ran with that, like. It would have been wild, but there's no reason not to. He had the ability to, and I think uh, maybe his inexperience as GM is kind of showing because I I don't really – I don't know. I know other people – it seems like everyone's reaction is like, whoa, the Bears got a ton, and maybe I'm crazy for thinking otherwise, but I was just thinking long-term the Bears could have set themselves up to just constantly be taking multiple first-round picks and building an insane roster.
2: Hundred percent. I think one thing to point out, you mentioned maybe the inexperience from polls. I think it's also too that this is not a surprise that they traded out. Right? I think after basically after that Texans Bears game, right at the end of the year, it was almost to the the caveat where it was like, oh shit, like Bears are probably going to trade out of that spot. It was almost like yeah. a foregone conclusion that everyone thought. So like the the I guess the the leverage. The su- Leverage, thank you. Really yeah. wasn't there at that point. Um, mm-hmm. number two, you kind of mentioned it, and I want to like double down on it. That's like maybe they aren't done making moves here. Maybe they will use that 2024 first round pick. Yeah, maybe they they they'll use that. maybe a couple other picks, maybe they'll do something along the way. DJ Moore obviously will stay. That wouldn't make sense to for him to move to another team. I think they desperately needed a receiver and one that can continue to grow with Justin Fields. Um, maybe it's that ninth pick, maybe it's the 61. I'm not sure. The f- The final thing I want to b- bring up is people might be listening to this wherever you're listening or appreciate it, however you're consuming pack day podcast today, but some people might be sitting there saying, hey, Eli, you don't think they got enough for them. What context do we have? I'm going to pull it up for you here. 2016, Tennessee Titans, Los Angeles Rams, swap picks, first overall pick, Jared Goff gets selected by the Los Angeles Rams. In return, for reference, Titans send over – excuse me, Titans receive – First-round pick, number 15. They get the second-round pick of the 43rd. They also get a second-round pick of 45th. Third-round pick, 76th. The following year's first-round pick, which ended up actually being a top-five pick, coincidentally, and then also that same year, the third-round pick, uh, third round pick, which was 100 yeah. overall. So, like... That there's a there's a I I don't necessarily I dis I definitely disagree with you on the first round pick, but it seems like that middle round, right? You're getting like two seconds, a third, and another third, like that's a lot. And I don't really necessarily associate those extra picks maybe you know the second third and third with the same value as you would with a dj more just because you can find another receiver or you can find some more talent on the offensive side or you know the defensive side like it's i i do think it seems like just with that reference now the last time it was you know a first round first overall pick was traded was a 2001 after that mike vick etc well you don't really need to get in that one that's like Wait. Way too far to context. Twenty three years Wait. later, there's
3: only there's only been one first overall pick traded since since two thousand and one.
2: That's what this is telling me. This that's what this says right here. This Damn. article was published February twenty seventh of this year. Basically, in context to the Bears, more than likely trading out of that pick. Um, so uh, take it for that's what it wild. is. It is wild. I mean, the the last one I remember was the Rams one. I kind of had to look at. I mean, there's been swaps if you will like I think I guess the one would the main one would have been um, uh, would it be like Eli Manning Philip Rivers but those guys were selected and then traded for so it doesn't really like stay there so I guess it's like more maybe it points more towards where the Bears are what the overall you know draft class looks like maybe there's not yeah. you know, there's not consensus number one quarterback and if there was bears aren't really in the position to do that it would be naive to move on from justin fields even if there was a guy there they probably are comfortable with maybe maybe getting a defender later they don't feel necessarily that they need a defender like um, anderson or carter so overall though this definitely does impact the nfc north and the nfc as a whole like i mentioned um bears are going to be a little bit scarier i don't know when that's going to happen are they a three-win team next year probably not um Maybe they get a couple more wins out of this with you know maybe some talent they acquire this year, but I think going forward, uh, like you mentioned, GM polls is setting them so, so setting themselves up for success um, as he tries to build up this team and kind of in a in the early stages of a rebuild. So Eli, we are 20 minutes into this episode, and I think everyone probably at this point, I know myself included, are trying to get to the comments made by Mark Murphy on. Yeah. Friday afternoon. Let me lay the scene for you guys. Obviously, all week it seems like a foregone conclusion. Even more so, every week I feel like I've been, you know, saying, Hey, next week we're probably gonna talk about Rogers being traded or retiring or being brought back. We haven't got that. It seems like such a foregone conclusion with free agency starting on the 15th being Wednesday. Rogers saying that he wanted to make a decision by the start of free agency in the new year, that we're going to have a transaction between the New York Jets. And the Green Bay Packers for a trade. Nothing has been concluded, but there are f- popular Twitter accounts updating their headers to Rogers in a Jets uniform. There are is everyone across basically Packers and Jets Twitter and across basically the beat, even just on the national level and national news, that like it seems like they are going to make a trade for Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Obviously, yesterday being Thursday, it was Sauce Gardner. It was Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Um, they were on like a, twi- a Twitch stream talking about a transaction. They sacrificed the cheese head that Sauce Gardner actually wore in a fire pit. Uh, so it looks like they are also putting their own magic in the air, their spirits in the air to get him there. But ultimately, I say this all with the fact that around 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon, Mark Murphy, uh, you know, the the hospitable... Green Bay resident he is, was visiting the local rush center. Anyone that knows the rush center right across the street from Lambeau Field, Johnsonville Tailgate Village. Um, This weekend there is the WIA State Girls Basketball Tournament there. Got some local teams playing there. Notre Dame Girls Academy is in the semifinals. But instead of taking in the festivities and watching some good um, amateur (laughs) athletics, Mark Murphy decided to go on a PR push. Uh, Maybe it was, you know, he didn't hide himself going up into one of the, the private suites maybe he took a wrong turn and ended up on the front court and every single local reporter sports reporter obviously was there to cover this local and state tournament um, ends up getting in front of the camera for, I don't know, consecutive reporters. Um, The main one that got it, it seemed like was Fox. Uh, Adriana Torres got some good quotes, but all of this basically was prefaced around the fact that asking Murphy You know, where do you kind of sit with Aaron Rodgers? What are the future plans looking like to you? First question that was asked um, was, is there a scenario where Aaron is still the starting QB of the Packers next season? Murphy responded, yes. I mean, unless if things don't work out the way we want them, yeah, he would be. He is obviously a great player. That was the initial one I saw on Twitter. Um, I saw Dave Schrader, WBAY, he's a sports supporter there, putting that out. I don't believe he asked the question, just kind of took that from a quote, but we like to see him getting it out there. That tweet alone already has 1.5 million views um, as of Friday afternoon, which is actually insane. Shout out Twitter adding views to their uh, algorithm. Then some other follow ups that I felt like felt a little bit was kind of taken out of context. Murphy's quotes later were, we did give him permission to seek a trade, um, You know, talking about why they gave him a trade, but I really can't get into the details. We really hopeful that we can reach a resolution that works for both parties, not only for Aaron, but for us, of course, being both parties. Is there a scenario, he was asked, where Aaron is still the starting quarterback of the Packers next season? This is where I believe he responded with, um, yeah, unless things don't work out the way we would want. Going forward, yeah, he's obviously a great player. And of course, for, you know, a four-time MVP, that's what I, four-time MVP, that's what I know that's trying hard. You know, it's hard to find what he wants. We're trying to find what he wants and what we want, and hopefully we can find a win-win situation. He went on also to say, you know, Brett Favre had a four-time MVP career. It was a good career. Aaron Rodgers had a good career, four-time MVP. It, I mean, dude, there's other like little contexts here throughout this entire thing but it seems like Mark Murphy use the platform this week, this Friday to kind of just break down that it is inevitable that a transaction is going to be happening between the New York jets, a lot to unpack there. I'm sure there's some other quotes that have been coming out, but those are the main ones. Eli, I wanted to bring up to make sure everyone's on board here and just kind of aligning. There's a lot, of, you know, Mark Murphy usually calculated with what he was saying, but there's a lot of suggestive verbiage suggested sentences words that make it seem like Aaron Rodgers, the New York jets have come to a conclusion that he's going to be traded. They allowed him to go seek a trade with the jets, meet with Woody Johnson. They conversed probably to figure out, Hey, what do you want to see on this team? Okay. Got it. They start releasing guys, restructuring guys, James, um, you know, James Robinson was released today, not super notable, but just more transactions happening on their end on the wire. And ultimately I'm sure at this point, it's the front office of, you know, the Jets, Packers trying to figure out how they can get compensation fair for Rodgers and figuring out also on, you know, maybe on the back end and the front end, how they can make this transaction transaction work. A lot to unpack there. Um, I guess initially, let's start with are you surprised? I mean, if you get home right now, Eli, I know you're driving. Would you be surprised if Aaron Rodgers was traded in the next 15 minutes?
3: Um, I I would be. I would be uh surprised just because. I feel like if it was going to happen, uh, I feel like these moves usually happen before, like the end of the actual like business day for the NFL. Of course, the sure. Bears trade happened right around then; might have even been after. But uh, yeah, it, obviously, all the signs are clearly pointing to at the very least Aaron Rodgers not being the quarterback of the Packers. So it's either really realistically the Jets or retirement, the way I see it right now. Uh, why he would have potentially met with the Jets, and retirement was still on the table, I'm not sure. But supp- according to, you know, between Rappaport and Rogers himself, it, it seems like, you know, he has not taken that off the table. But yeah, you, you would, th- the, the only thing that I'm kind of thinking is just, because I think it was Albert or Tom Pelissero, I think reported on Thursday that it seems like the compensation has more or less been figured out, at least on the Jets side. I don't know at least what the Jets are willing to give. I'm not sure. I don't know if I saw the Packers have agreed to that, but I think the Jets have figured out what they're willing to give. Uh, But so that's already out there and yet no deal has been made. So that also leads me to believe Rogers, at least still considering retirement. And just the more I think, I just think the longer drags on, like I feel like, you know, you have this meeting for 11 hours, supposedly it goes very well. I don't think it should take another four or five days for him to be like, all right, you know, I want to be a jet. Like I, in my opinion, it, it shouldn't really be more than 48 to maybe 72 hours to be like, all right, like that's my move. And I just think the longer the trade doesn't happen, I think there at least gives a chance of retirement more. And again, clearly you can hear, look, that is what I would prefer. I know we could get whatever we can get, but I do not want to see Aaron Rodgers play for any other team. And, you know, I know other fans feel differently, but you know, at this point, especially because I don't even think we're getting the compensation we nearly thought we were gonna get. Like at this point, it wouldn't even shock me if we walk away with like a second at best. Like, I don't think we're gonna get a first. And if we're not, if it's not something that's gonna really, really, really make a major impact, like I would just rather not see it happen. So I am hoping he just either retire, you know, he retires but or returns. But yeah, it's it's hard to ignore all of the signs right now pointing to New York. And it just seems like it's really up to him. Like that, it seems like everyone's just waiting on him to decide. So, yeah, no, it is weird you know. though that we're we're what two two and a half months since the end of the season, and like I don't know. I get it. it's like the biggest decision of your life, and I'm not trying to like under underplay it, but also you know I feel like it it shouldn't be this difficult to decide if you want to play football.
2: Yeah, I think. It's you know you see this a lot with guys that have played for the same team for a long time across many sports right you know LeBron James Brett Favre Tom Brady some you know the list goes on and on even some you know players maybe a couple tiers lower than them they want to you know see if they have any juice left if a team's ready to. Maybe that's damn near a piece away, which it seems like the Jets possibly could be, right? If they're when healthy, that seems like they're on the upward trajectory. Um, Quarterback play definitely held them back last year. And even when they had a slightly above average quarterback play, it looked good. Um, Young offensive team, good defense, probably great defense at this point. It looks pretty solid. I think it's, I don't think it's un, no, I think it's pretty intelligent to pursue all options and see what's on the table, especially if you're at the point, you know, you're like, I just, don't see this team being the Packers that he's a part of like, you know, having an opportunity to get to a playoff or, you know, to an NFC championship game to get to a Super Bowl. I think at least I'd rather go out with a team that's going to go all in um, being the jets kind of put some stuff around it, get some, you know, hoopla around there, go to New York, go to the bright lights, never been, been there, been in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, a population of a hundred thousand people, man, would it be awesome to be in the big apple? I big think apple. there's, there's a lot of things to consider with that. And I, I appreciate him taking his time with it. He really hasn't let, he hasn't strung us along too bad because he's actually kind of set up a timeline and he has yet to debunk from that. Maybe he's a couple days past it when he got out of his darkness retreat and he said he'd make a decision that next week, but he said, ultimately he was going to try to make a decision before the league's, you know, end of the, the start of the new year of the new league year started because you don't want to basically handcuff, handicap, whatever word you want to use that he used, um, you know, his team or any other team going forward. Honestly, I have to disagree. Like I would, what you said, yes, I don't think we're going to get great compensation for him. I thought the other day, I'm like, man, wouldn't it be crazy to get a Russell Wilson compensation that completely went out the window based off of um, age and based off of recent production. And also just off the fact that like, I don't think they're in a position. Again, leverage wise, where they could get Rogers, um, you know, a bag for him like they did from Russell Wilson in the Broncos trade. So I, I would. I don't really. You know, if he's going to move on from the team, no longer be in green and gold. I would much rather them trade and get anything for him, whether it's a second round pick, whether it's a couple thirds, a compensatory fourth that can move up to a second. Because if he retires, you really get nothing out of it. I mean, you do save. I'm assuming some sort of money on the uh, the salary cap. Probably should know what that would be based off of him retiring. I don't know if he's compensating that and what that would do to the salary cap. But at the end of the day, man, if, if he's going to move on and it does affect us, and the le- it seems like the least way if he's going to move on, it'd be in a trade and we don't have to pick up a lot of his money. It'd be better to get a pick for him. Um, it's, it's honestly truly difficult to say what he's going to do. I would think at this point, though, it does seem based off the words from Mark Murphy that, and you even said it yourself, I mean or you didn't say it, but I'm going to infer what you're saying. You're basically, I mean, you didn't say he'd be back with the Packers. You're saying he's going to retire or then likely be traded. I don't even know if I heard the words out of your mouth, that he'd be back at this point. Cause it's gone on so long. Right.
3: It, it seems just highly unlikely to me. Uh, you know, I, I just don't think the front, I think Goody's clearly moved on. seems like Mark Murphy's moved on. Maybe the only person still in Rogers corner, maybe is the That's just a thought. But then again, I also did probably say on this show, if not here, then on Open Book, that I thought at the end of the year, there may have been a little bit of underlying tension between Lafleur and Rogers. I thought the play, you know, just the way the season went. I mean, it's not crazy shocking, but Lafleur could be saying, you know, look, I'm ready to go to love, and he's going to be my guy running my system, doing everything the way I want it. And so that's why it just, it would, it would be wild. I mean, if all of a sudden he came out and was like, Jets, no, thank you. I'm going to, I want to stay in Green Bay. Again, I I wouldn't complain, but I think, I think it could lead to potential drama, like to the point where I I don't even know how the team would be able to totally function. Because I think if they, they told him, go look for a trade. So you're going to come back now and be like, well, you were ready for me to leave. You clearly didn't mind if I left. So I just think, you know, you don't need that kind of struggle. But one thing I will say just about the trade, and I know you were mentioning the Jets, I would say probably on paper have a better roster, but I also wouldn't say it's like not a conversation and it's like blown out of the water, in my opinion, Um, just looking at, especially when you consider Brees Hall will likely miss a decent amount of next year and who knows what he'll look like. But you also got to think about the AFC. Like I love Aaron Rodgers and I think, yeah, he can make the Jets very good, but it, do you really think they're going to beat the Chiefs or the Bengals or the Bills? I personally don't like. Maybe one. You know, Rodgers obviously has the magic, and I would never rule him out and say it's impossible. But I think the the NFC is as wide open as it's ever been. I mean, the Eagles were a great team last year, but they came essentially out of nowhere, and no, and yeah, the Niners. But like, no one was like dominant. I just think if you are looking for the easiest path to a Super Bowl, I think the NFC is definitely easier than the AFC.
2: I disregard the. I mean, yes, I totally agree with the AFC, NFC thing because even look just in that division alone. You already mentioned the Bills with Josh Allen, Tua, whatever that team looks like going forward with the Dolphins. Can never really count the Patriots out. I don't care who's under center with them. Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones. You know, Bill Belichick's an absolute dog. You still got to play it out in the elements out in. You know the jets you're really not doing yourselves any favors that way but the afc is just front to back loaded it does make sense though that he wouldn't be traded within the conference because I think that's what at least I had said at one point when I went on this roller coaster of emotions of scenarios maybe a couple weeks ago like hey if they're gonna trade him don't have to go up against him maybe once uh, in the in throughout the season um important to note don't forget Nathaniel Hackett was you know yeah. well, I put it aside long many weeks ago was like that's ah, not gonna, yeah. happen. He's not gonna <laughs> go to the Jets he is the OC, and you know this is a long game for the Jets right now. They're trying to get him there. They're obviously doing transactions throughout this entire week that kind of gives you some, you know, crumbs that you can kind of see that they're trying to get under the cap or move some players around that maybe won't fit, and they're trying to make some acquisitions that way. I don't know, man. I think at this point, though, I'm, I'm finally, and I've said this many times on a Saturday Packet Day podcast, but I'm finally convinced. By the next time that we have a conversation, yes. he he won't be on the team. I just I can't see that happening because the 15th is free agency. There's no way it's gonna go on longer than that. If it does, it's gonna get messier and messier. And like you mentioned, like it's gonna get nasty. Perry Goldstein, I think I mentioned something on Packaday the other day, and I saw her tweet about it today. Just like it it's a nasty divorce. There is really no amical divorces. You know, it's it's gonna be one of those situations I think where it gets down to being just dirty and like the teams both have to move on and for him even to come back would be a a terrible scenario so at this point I am going to put my foot in the sand saying as March Madness is in full swing next weekend we're more than likely going to be discussing not only our brackets being busted about 48 hours in but also Aaron Rodgers not being on the Packers and what it looks like with Jordan Love going forward on the Jordan Love note back to the Murphy quotes Um, I'm going to misquote him somehow but I don't have it in front of me, but he was basically asked by, I believe, Adriana Torres again of WLUK Fox, sports reporter there, um, what their, I guess, confidence level with Jordan Love going forward is. And he basically said, you know, we drafted him. We've developed him the last three years. We've done a tremendous job. He almost said Aaron Rodgers has done a good job but kind of said uh, Matt's done a good job or some, something along the lines. We almost misspoke on Aaron Rodgers doing a good job of mentoring him. It, he caught himself, but he almost said Aaron. So that was interesting. Yeah,
3: but... It would have been a shame if he gave him a compliment. So it
2: would have been definitely. <laughs> so that's where things sit as a Friday night, as a recording again, we might wake up tomorrow. Uh, two couple scenarios might happen. Aaron Rodgers is traded to the jets. Uh, he goes back into a darkness retreat. He <laughs> ends up on Joe Rogan or Aubrey Marcus. Again, this is, this podcast episode might never even see the light of day. We might have a breaking yeah. news one that comes out late at night that Andy and, the, and the, our minions put out. Who knows? This may never see you know the airwaves of any sort of streaming services out there. But if you are somehow listening to this on Pack of Day podcast, wherever you get your podcast, please hope – we're hoping that you subscribed, liked, comment, shared. This could end up being a huge episode for us based off of just where everything is at right now. It was for us at least having some actual news to break down. It felt nice yes. um, impacting across the entire league. More specifically, the Packers, you know, getting uh, Bakhtiari under you know a smaller contract. No void years included on that. I wanted to mention that. I missed that little caveat. Okay. Obviously, with their coaching staff within the NFC North, the transaction between the first round pick going to the Carolina Panthers in, from the Bears, Panthers sending over kind of a semi-bag, if you will. Not a great bag, but um, they may have fumbled it in terms of Eli's. I'm seeing different reports, too, on Twitter, too. Like, some people are saying they fleeced Panthers some people aren't I'm I'm interested to see what you know again like the the scenario we brought up with the Titans and the Rams seven years down the road we'll know what happened right we'll understand that what was the scenario that ended up working out for either team but right now I'm kind of split I kind of agree with you a little bit um but we'll see what happens I mean it's all depends on how you draft and we'll see what happens with with Ryan Bowles and ultimately See what happens with Aaron Rodgers, man. That's uh, but that's why you tune to Pack a Day podcast every single freaking day on the audio side, on Google Play, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you listening on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed already over there, make sure you do. Andy is crushing it over there. I'm sure he'll have an awesome episode based off of all the topics we talked about and then more. But Eli, what other content are you putting out these days and where can everyone get a hold of you? And I'm sure at some point when this, you know, if it is not in the next couple of days, in the next five days. Years from now, when Aaron Rodgers is gone, where can people, you know, send their sympathies, and definitely not harass you about your favorite player being um, not a, longer in the NFL or around the Packers.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, doing my best to mentally prepare for a pretty, probably challenging uh, couple of days, maybe week. But yeah, like you said, I think this is all resolved. I think before Monday, because that's when the legal tampering period starts. So that's when people are already starting to kind of get their things in order. But I uh, also just want to apologize uh, for my audio if there were any issues. Uh, you know, we had to squeeze it in, but we made it work. Obviously, a lot going on today. So happy we got to come on and do this. And like all my work, uh, you can find it over on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. I will also be, uh, yeah, coming probably about right, around, right after free agency is when I'm going to really start putting out most of my writing over at packreport.com covering. All of the guys I want to see the Packers really target in the draft. Potentially also in free agency right around that time. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, uh, whatever I do, it will always be posted to Book of Eli underscore NFL on Twitter.
2: So many things coming out on the Twitter feed right now. I'm seeing uh, reports of potentially
3: Anthony Richardson
2: selected by
3: the Panthers. Panthers, Possibly. Why would it happen? That was the first thing I said to my brother. I was like, classic. They take Richardson.
2: The pod father, Andy Herman, who I've already mentioned many times, he thinks that the Panthers, uh, you know, got fleeced. That's you know, his words, um, not mine. So he's confirming he has 51,000 followers on Twitter. So take that for what you will in his opinion. He's obviously Andy Herman, and he's crushing. So his opinion means a lot to me. Um, for myself, um, you can find all my content still on my Twitter feed at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore Fra underscore. Just like Eli, just like everyone else listening to this, we are waiting for all the dominoes to fall across the entire NFL. But the main one right now, will Aaron Rodgers be in green and gold this next offseason? Will he trade it for somewhere out in the mountains on an ayahuasca retreat? Will he trade it for green and white and move to the Big Apple? Um, We'll see, man. Things are changing day by day, week by week. I have no idea what to expect anymore at this point, but I know it. guarantee that every day if you listen to Packet A Podcast on the YouTube or the video side on on YouTube or listen to the podcast on, obviously, the audio side, you're going to get the latest news notes that you need to get yourself prepared for healthy debates on the water cooler or this weekend maybe um, during some college basketball or at your local saloon and pub. But for Eli Berkovitz, I am Matt Freilich. We appreciate you guys listening. Hang in there. We're gonna all get this through, through this together, whether it's the Love Era, the extension of the Rogers Era, or whatever else is in between. And as always,
1: go, go Paco. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.
0: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.